इफ यू आर नॉट फ्रॉम जे एंड के यू विल नेवर नो हाउ टू यू नो हाउ फील्स टू लिव विद ऑल सॉर्ट ऑफ बैंड देर इज अ बैन ऑन टेक्सट मैसेजिंग देर इज अ बैन ऑन मोबाइल इंटरनेट देर इज बैन ऑन प्रीपेड कार्ड फ्रॉम अदर स्टेट दर लॉर्ड ऑफ बैंड एंड यू हैव टू लिव विद दैट so it's been very difficult uh, with the ban and all like we just want internet <laughs> we need to pass our times in the uh, covid period we are sitting at homes idols we can't even netflix and chill in kashmir i mean that's that's so bad we can't do that in jnk you heard two different voices as there are two guests for this episode sunidhi sharma from jammu tavlin kaur from kashmir when i invited one of them for the show she clearly said jammu and kashmir are two completely different parts of the state and one answer doesn't fit the other in fact i was shocked when i was recording the show the way of life restrictions political tensions also the stark differences between jammu and kashmir it made me realize how disconnected we are from some parts of our nation welcome to indian entropy i am your host sri hero anana in this episode we discuss food culture article 370 pok Ladakh and the list goes on. We talked everything in detail and that is the reason the episode is a very long one but a pretty insightful one. And I am sure you will take a lot from this episode. So stay tuned till the end. Hi Tavleen, hi Sunil. Hi Zero. Hey. How are you guys? Uh, we're fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, even I'm fine. Doing good. Okay, Tavleen, introduce yourself to the okay, listeners. Okay, so please. my name is Tavleen Kaur. I just completed my MBA from Narsi Monji, and I'm from a place uh, called Tral, uh, which is in Kashmir, and it's famous for all the wrong reasons that you can imagine. So yeah, that's about me. Sunidhi. So hey everyone, I'm Sunidhi, and I also completed my MBA from NMIMS Mumbai recently. And I am from actual uh, original Jammu city from JNK, and we'll be talking about it more today. That's it. Okay, let's start with food. What's your cuisine? Along with your uh, cuisine, talk about five favorite foods and why. Tavlin. So, uh, Kashmiris are non-vegetarians, and uh, we have a lot of varieties in uh, the non-vegetarian side of cuisine. So, we have gushtaba, and uh, it's nothing but like kofte of meat and mutton. And then we have rista, which is also a variety of mutton. And then we have uh, so the whole thing is called vazwan. The whole package is called vazwan, and it's served at weddings. Then we have damalu. and uh, we have this uh, very uh, different kind of a vegetable called uh, hak monjhak so uh, in english it's known as nol khol so which is like our staple with rice so uh, my five favorite foods would be first is damalu because i love potatoes and i love spicy things second is uh, monjhak because that's always been a staple it's very simple yet uh, very filling and very tasty and third is uh, rista because i love mutton also and fifth is uh, i love nadru yakni which is like lotus stem in curd so that's another one of my favorites uh, because i love dal lake and i love uh, seafood also i can say and uh, i love um, rajma chawal because that's also a variety in some parts of the state so yeah that's about it 
Okay, listening to this, my mouth is watering because I'm a hardcore non-vegetarian <laughs> and I love mutton. Listening to you visit Kashmir once, I mean, you'll find loads and loads of varieties. I will definitely, definitely. I've never been to Kashmir, but I will. And Sunidhi. Yeah. So while Tavlid was talking more about Kashmiri cuisine, so I'll talk uh, about cuisine here in Jammu. So we call it our Dogri cuisine. Uh, so I use this word Dogri a lot of times. So we people from Jammu are called Dogras. and the language or the cuisine we follow is dogri so uh, i mean there are a lot of foods that are famous here and uh, one of them is definitely rajma chawal uh, i think if you come to jammu and on sundays every household have rajma chawal in their lunch there's no other thing that is made there so that is one thing and i love that and then there is another thing that is dal and ambal so it's like dal chawal and ambal and it's mostly served you can make at home also but it's mostly served on the weddings on the day of the wedding we have this function we call sant and we call it sandhi roti where we get this dal and ambal with chawal it is delicious so ambal specifically is actually sweden sour pumpkin curry which is very good in taste so that is must to try uh then uh, another thing that we have we're famous i mean we make this sometimes at home but it's mostly made on weddings so the tradition goes is that the bride sister uh, give this so this thing is called kheer and it's made from maida so the bride sister gives this thing to the groom and it's specifically made uh, by the bride's mother and they have a lot of leg pulling and fun around that occasion and that is how it is famous and we eat with curd or sugar uh, we also have another thing in our state which is uh, not i mean i don't think it's available in other parts of country which is uh, desi chai or we um, kashmiris call it noon chai or we call it pink chai uh it's pink in color and it's very different from the original tea that we have and it's a little salty sweetish in taste and it's really nice and one of my favorite beverages to have also yeah that's all why why is it pink so the leaves i think that are used they give it a pink shade i think but you know what yeah so uh, so there's this like this is a fun fact uh, even though we kashmiris drink noon chai but then it's not made in kashmir i mean like people don't drink it as such so it's not available or it's not grown in kashmir i think that's that's what i've heard from my family and uh, we also forgot kehwa sunidhi so i think uh, jammuites and kashmiris both enjoy kehwa also yes definitely right right so let's move on to a little bit serious topic which lot of uh, uh, listeners requested that's regarding 370 okay uh, how did get how did how did life in jammu and also in kashmir get disrupted after 370 got revoked um so i remember i was in mumbai when uh, 5th of august happened and uh, you know the whole networks and everything was shut down by the government so i was not able to contact my parents and my family for a very long time it was discouraging um, and uh, so for us kashmiris i think we've had our fair share of strikes or you know curfews so it didn't uh, affect us that much but then yes uh, obviously there's been a rise of very um, like encounters and militancy related things post the abrogation of article 370 and uh, the sentiment of the people has also kind of changed like people feel a little betrayed and you know they uh, they really miss the policy of dialogue 
I think that that's what has changed for people. So people are really disheartened, I would say, like in the Kashmir region. And uh, yeah, so nothing has changed much. But uh, yes, I mean, uh, we feel that, you know, there's some something big has happened to the whole uh, area, like, and, and especially the revoking of 370 and then, you know, robbing it of statehood. So that's, that's been a little controversial and that's also been a little discouraging for people. Right, right. And how the income sources got uh, disrupted because the revoking actually impacted uh, in terms of economic perspective, yes. right? The economic uh, perspective got affected. So how did I remember it it's, it's almost been a year. So we were in a lockdown and now there's a pandemic. So first of all, the tourist industry, it really got disrupted because, you know, after what happened, everything was closed down. Hotel bookings got cancelled for people. A lot of people who were supposed to visit did not visit schools were not open and a lot of these small businesses also like they were not open so I think economically there was a huge impact on the tourism sector and there was a huge impact on farmers also because uh, we primarily grow apples and saffron but when there are no buyers obviously you know there's uh, when you know there's less demand and it affects the farmers and the saffron growers and all those people so it affected a huge strata of the society i mean uh, you lose you, you lose your jobs there's a loss of income and uh, students are not able to go to school so there's this question mark on the future and then uh, people you know are not able to do their daily routine and then there's always along with the economical side of things there's always this uh, psychological uh, side of things also so people get disheartened they don't want to work they feel like everything's just stopped for them so all those things really happened I think we suffered a huge amount of losses in terms of monetary value also because the tourism industry got uh, disrupted Sunidhi what happened in Jammu? How is it? So, I mean, sentiment-wise, it's very different when it comes to Jammu. Uh, like, uh, the sentiments uh, for uh, people from Kashmir is very different when uh, you consider the Article 370. People here, mostly who I know, whatever I know about people around me, uh, they felt little positive about it that, okay, something is happening, it's a bold move, and then maybe uh, the things which we were devoid of uh, prior to Article 317 not being removed. Uh, so, uh, uh, I mean, there were uh, all people, a lot of people here feel that the overall trade and development has always been restricted and, like, there are a lot of rules that people from outside cannot buy or cannot tra uh, uh, invest here in our state. So, these are a lot of uh, things where people think that if Article 370 is removed, which is the case, so we'll get maybe more chances of development. Our state will evolve a little better than before. So it's, it's, it's a very mixed review if you ask, to, uh, if, if I have to answer for the whole state. So there are very mixed feelings. And, you know, when you ask that, what all changed? So maybe on the upper level, you will not feel that, okay, things were changing a lot. Okay, this was happening, that was happening. That was not the case because it is more to a sentiment level. So people feel, I mean, that maybe they are happy or they're not. And hence, they, there's a difference in their behavior going ahead. So that's how Correct. it worked. Yeah. Correct. It's so it's very strange that it's so contrasting. Both of you are so contrasting. It's very strange. Even talking from an economic point, also from a psychological point of view. Yes, yeah. that's true. Because there, there's a lot of difference between the two regions. You know, Jammu and Kashmir, both of them. So there's a difference.
which which people will understand by <laughs> no, the end of this podcast hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> let's talk about poetry now i know kashmir has introduced lot of great poets to the world not just to the country throw some light on this tawlin so kashmir has always been this mystic land you know land of sufis originally and then uh, you have a lot of uh, you have this um, poets which are revered by every community like be it uh, muslims be it kashmiri muslims be it kashmiri hindus kashmiri pandits so uh, one prominent figure uh, was laldet or laleshwari so uh, she was a saint and she was this poetess and uh, everybody reveres her and uh, we have a hospital also named after her like in the uh, srinagar uh, in, in srinagar and uh, so all she was very spiritual and then uh, there was mehjoor who's uh, also regarded as the i think uh, i just can't remember what he's regarded as but there was this famous connotation that rabindranath tagore had associated with him so uh, he was the person behind our national anthem like when it was a thing in the past so uh, he wrote a beautiful couplet uh, like waloha bagwano baharukshan paida kar so a call to the gardeners to come and just you know grow flowers in the place so i think uh, there's this one and then there were uh, roman- like poets associated with romanticism also there was rasul meer uh, and we have a lot of songs uh that he's written so all these things and you know th- and these all works have been reviewed by a lot of uh, poets around the world so those are the three that i recall and one important one is uh, habba khatun so she was the wife of uh, kashmiri ruler yusuf shah chak and uh, she also started writing when her husband was uh, put in jail by the by by i think afghans so that's uh, that's the part okay. of it so tell me this how you guys are able to produce that those many poets high quality poets um i think it's it's the basic uh, you know it's the basic thing that we related to sufism so you have this spiritual connection with god and also the place is so beautiful that whenever you know somebody visits the place you'll see mountains you'll see a clear sky you'll see water and all those natural things kind of connect with you and then you become one with god so i think that's the reason behind it like that's my take on it and uh, then there are contemporary singers also even if you listen to them you will feel like they have very good voice i'm not generalizing this but i think a lot of kashmiri people do have really good and sweet voices when it comes to singing <laughs> okay it's it, you're telling that it's mostly connected with nature yeah nature and god that's spiritualism yeah okay okay and let's uh talk about history let's travel back in time and understand little bit history about jnk and its people and sunidhi you start to give little bit perspective about how a diverse uh, people are in jnk probably your part in jammu and also the origin of people yes totally so uh, i think a state i mean if you see with respect to culture or maybe ethnic uh, perspectives and then linguistic we have a composition of like varied uh, cultures and societies together living uh, in jnk uh, like we are talking if you compare what tavleen uh, the background from tavleen comes from she's from kashmir i'm from jammu we have i mean i think everything is different our food our language our culture our festival everything is very much different so that's how we are and i think the major, major reason behind this has been that our state holds people which are who have migrated from a lot of different places 
like i'll talk about myself only so my ancestors they uh, in at the time of uh, war in 1971 i think so they uh, migrated from a place called chamb to jammu and that area of the place chamb now is actually a part of pakistan occupied jammu and kashmir so a lot of people have migrated from different places i think the same is for kashmiri pandits also they have also migrated so whoever have migrated they have hold on to their cultures and that's how we form this composition of uh, so many uh, different perspectives um, and cultures together so that is one thing i would uh, say and then if you talk about uh, the i mean the unique part of our state is that uh, majority of our state population is actually dominated by muslims Uh, the plain areas considering jammu and uh, surrounding areas kathua udhampur rajouri samba these areas are uh, hindu dominated which is i think around one third of the state but majority is dominated by muslim so that i think that's that's true for only our state so and urdu is our state's official language but i don't think people from jammu uh, speak or write that much of urdu though there there is a possibility that you can learn that in school i've learned myself but then so i mean there are a lot of things that when we when when we consider the whole uh, state there are a lot of things that we need to take uh, in consideration so that's my take on this uh so uh so there's this uh, there are a lot of theories regarding the origin of kashmiri people as sunidhi also mentioned that you know a lot of people have migrated from one place to kashmir so i'll tell you uh, about my family like uh, so originally uh, there was some person uh, i don't remember his name but then uh, he was a kashmiri pandit and then this person uh, he was uh, and he was i think a zeldar so a zeldar is somebody who looks after lands and everything you look, basically land owners so he uh, came to tral the my uh, ancestral place and then uh, i think at some point in time they converted to sikhism so that is how i am a kashmiri sikh and uh, that's my history like even we had state subjects so it's it was a document that was used to prove that okay you are kashmiri and you know you belong to this state so uh, my full name was tavleen kaur brahmin ran so it kind of depicted my ethnicity and my ancestors uh, like where they came from and you know i had had this particular term attached to my name depicting that i i am a, i was the, i was of this lineage and things like that and then there are some theories which say that you know uh, kashmiri people must have come from an area around israel or middle east and uh, the peculiar thing about that is that so if you see a lot of kashmiri people so most of the people they have a face and they have a nose <laughs> but kashmiri people we have a nose and uh, just under it we have a face because we have big long noses <laughs> so uh, it's a theory like based on our uh, genetics and all that they it's a possibility that they might have come from around uh, israel or some other place so these are some peculiar features uh, regarding our history and all those things okay and what about languages so okay so uh, obviously kashmiri speak kashmiri but then i am a kashmiri sikh so i speak a very different dialect of pahadi language so it is not punjabi it is not uh, kashmiri but it's a different language pahadi we have not been able to classify it as uh, a part of some language and then uh, if you talk about different regions in the state so there is badarwa in jnk which is known as mini kashmir so they have their own language there is a kishtwar they have their own language there is pardo which is near the border of himachal pradesh they have their own language and in some parts of kashmir they also speak pashto 
like towards the uh, border i think uh, to i think towards a place called gurez so gurez has its own language so there is a diversity of language a lot of languages culture and then uh, dressing sense also okay kashmiri in itself probably has at least 10 15 languages no if you can name couple of them uh, okay so one is padri one is kishtwari uh-huh. then there is uh, dogri as sunidhi mentioned there is kashmiri there is pahadi there is badarwahi there is pashto then there is uh, a language of gurez i don't know the name of that language but then there is a different language so there's there's difference in language there's difference in customs there's difference in clothing there's difference in cultural factors like dance and all so everything's really different there's difference in geographical uh, this uh, geographical perspective also i mean from yeah. that perspective there's a lot of difference and most of the yeah. people don't know this and even if they know they choose to not acknowledge it and we are like okay <laughs> fine it's your choice yeah the weather everything is so different when yeah. it comes to jammu and when it comes to kashmir okay yeah. okay because uh, sunidhi you mentioned geography i want to ask a question yeah. about ladakh what's your take on ladakh so i think uh, when it uh, so i'll just say when it comes earlier when ladakh was part of i mean jammu and kashmir so uh, kashmir has been little uh, controversial because there are a lot of issues around it and then i know for a fact that sometimes people from jammu and surrounding areas feel that they have been ignored i think with that perspective ladakh has been pretty much uh, in, i mean uh, separate from all this and it has been included in things maybe and but if you come if we're specifically talking about geographical perspective so ladakh has a totally different kind of geography uh, different from kashmir different from jammu it is at very at a very higher altitude compared to these areas and uh, hence i mean uh, so i've never been to ladakh so i cannot talk about my personal opinion about it but then uh, what i hear from my dad and people who visited ladakh so they say that it's totally different the lake the color of water the color of sky and the uh, the mountains and areas around it it is totally different and it's beautiful yeah um so uh, like i also never been to ladakh i was supposed to go but thanks to uh the pandemic i wasn't able to go but uh, i think uh, yeah i mean people of ladakh are very different like they have different uh, wants when it comes to uh, you know the different aspects of life in general uh, i recently read this article on hindu where uh, people were kind of uh, asking for new posts and new job vacancies because a lot of youth in ladakh region uh, they're unemployed even though they're qualified for a lot of jobs so i think that's what i read very recently uh, but i have no uh, opinion per se of the people of ladakh because i can't just you know give, give my perspective and then just label it as of somebody who's from ladakh so yeah yeah got it and uh, which part of uh, jnk has contrast parallels with uh, ladakh if you have pick a state pick a part of the state so uh, i think the whole of kashmir is like uh, and jammu so jammu imagine it's at a it's around uh, 300 to 400 meters above the sea level so you can expect there is a certain type of topography to it then if you see kashmir it's almost 1620 meters above the sea level and ladakh is even higher than that so uh, kashmir is all green jammu is also like jammu is also green but then there are different varieties of trees and all 
but then uh, ladakh it's totally dry like it's a cold desert so all those like it's very different okay sunil you want to add something no that i mean i agree with the bleed i don't have anything specific for any specific opinion on okay. that correct and uh, talk about pok sunidhi okay so i think pok talking about it is i mean i'm scared and it's very controversial maybe i would give say give like don't go you know not talk about controversy but gen- give a general point yeah, of view yeah yeah i get it i get it so there are a lot of uh, things that i hear so you know i hear a lot of things from my dad because i think he was in 6th or 7th class when he had migrated from that region and now it is under pok so he tells me a lot of things so i'll tell you what happened at that time how that area i mean we have not yet decided on that area so uh, people from pakistan they call it azad kashmir and we call it pakistan occupied it's actually pok but then i would uh, prefer calling it pakistan occupied jammu and kashmir so uh, i mean a lot of things so you will be shocked to know this that um, when there was article 370 in our state so it one of the uh, rules or one of the part of the article said that um, so suppose there is this guy from a region from pok and that guy marries a girl from our state from jammu and kashmir so that guy gets all the rights that we as a part of the state used to hold so that was really shocking for me to know because it's not true for other parts of the country like if you, if a girl from jnk marries some guy from other state say uh, like madhya pradesh or maharashtra or any state so that girl loses her uh, uh, the state rights basically so it was very shocking to know that this thing still holds and this thing holds because india feels that they have uh, their people are living there and they have their uh, uh, i mean their share of contribution towards them they should support them and pakistan feels that it is their part so that's how it is controversial that is how we've never been able to decide on that area till now so yeah that much i know about it um not really a different perspective but uh, i think one thing that i like if we talk about pok i may not be able to dive deep into that whole area situation but then uh, there's always this thing uh, so there's this book by as dolat and uh, it's it's kashmir uh, the vajpayee years so he has mentioned a lot about the historical aspect of the kashmir situation and you know so uh, basically what happens is nowadays people in general they form opinions they're not able to form an opinion after learning about something so uh, even when like article 370 was abrogated a lot of people were just you know saying okay, okay this is a correct move like and some were saying this is a wrong move even though like both the different parties had no historical knowledge had no political knowledge of kashmir region so um i think um i think uh, basically what we lack when it comes to pok and the kashmir conflict is dialogue i believe that dialogue is really necessary if you want to you know resolve a conflict and uh, and there's always been this ambiguity around the kashmiri people you see in uh, 1947 when we signed the instrument of accession nobody knew what was going to happen it was signed because pakistan was on one side attacking us and then you know maharaja hari singh was the ruler of the state he uh, asked jawaharlal nehru to you know get indian troops into the region and then he signed an instrument of accession he acceded to india so 
and then there was war with pakistan and all those things happened and that is how we lost pok so i think um, there's no special perspective regarding it but i think people should this is basically my advice to everybody like before making opinions about jnk like one should always dive into the historical perspective the political perspective and you know you have to talk to a kashmiri if you're making a decision for him there's always this importance of dialogue Uh, and you have to get into a dialogue with kashmiris from both sides of the region like pok as well as J, uh, like jnk to basically know what people want so i think that's that's my take on it yeah great way to put it tamlin and just tell me which i mean pok which government has more control over it from a political stand, stand point of view so pok is right now occupied by uh, pakistan only like uh, and uh, i mean some say that the people in pok are extremely underdeveloped there's no development happening and people are really uh, you know uh, like some people say that and some people are like no people in pok are happier so we really do not know who to believe but then uh, it's you know uh, it, it's it's always been a conflict region so uh, pakistan has a hold on pok only but right now as of now so the political system in jnk uh, is no more there as of now so uh, can't really say who has a more hold on the region right now okay yeah so i just wanted to add something here that it's tough to just you know it's like it's not like zero or one that you say okay this country holds uh, otherwise there wouldn't have been this issue over pok and uh, just to mention something uh, like when that that this pok thing came into place it was like one uh, whole area and it got divided right so it's like families have been divided some part of families live in under pok and some part of families live under jnk so it's very tough to say that okay you know it's not just part of us or people actually have relations amongst themselves so i mean it's 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 a really tough situation or uh, to com- comment okay. on it and, and how easy it is yeah. to commute i mean the connection between the two parts of the of the state is it easy or is it uh, pain to travel and all the government restrictions coming into place uh, are you talking about like traveling from jammu to kashmir P-O-K. or with pok okay with pok i am not very sure about it never Traveled or never planned as such. Uh, so POK is under the administration of Pakistan. So if somebody wants to go to POK, they'll have to go through Pakistan with a separate visa process and all those formalities in place. So uh, it's completely in in control of uh, the Pakistan uh, administration. So yeah, like if you want to go to POK, you cannot just go and you know just tell okay I want to go to this place. It's very plus it's it's very far from Srinagar also the. main city of the ut but then if you want to go to pok then you have to follow a separate visa procedure like it's all together a different country now it's it's part of pakistan now so yeah okay okay now since we were talking about just moving here and there i just want to clear one thing that we have to travel a lot from <laughs> if we have to go from jammu to kashmir also people don't know about it and people have perceptions so it's like if you travel by road it is around 12 to 13 hours journey from jammu to kashmir so it's that far that's that much you know okay. we have to travel <laughs> okay let's uh, let's t- keep the serious parts aside let's talk a little bit uh, normal stuff and for any for, to the listener for the listeners 
talk about a couple of things about jnk which non jnk guy won't know uh okay so i just i think one thing that comes to my mind is a kashmiri can spot another kashmiri from miles away that's just our thing that is our thing like even if i think we jammu people can also yeah. spot kashmiri <laughs> <laughs> so that's one thing that comes to my mind the other thing uh, which people might not know about kashmir um, i have to think about that uh, थिंग and we used to you know message a lot and there was a limit of 100 messages and then there came a time when text messages were banned we were completely banned from messaging people around so yeah this is one thing i think people non jnk would not know okay because you mentioned about bans i i think it's crucial yeah. during corona period that this connectivity issues are not there but how is it right now um it is i think it's not that good because uh, there are a lot of places um, uh, in our state that they have been like living with 2g internet probably and not enough has been done for people considering the situation because if we have to work from home if we have to do everything from home people need internet and people need good speed also but uh, so i am getting good speed yes uh, but i don't think everyone out there at every location is getting that much speed it's uh, i think enough is not been done so uh, first talking about corona so kashmir is a very bad state now uh, because of the pandemic because i think the health system it feels really overwhelmed with all the cases rising because uh, people really need to wear masks which they are not doing and they're not practicing social distancing to uh, you know very fairly and then uh, talking about the 2g ban uh, i know it's been very difficult for students and even for you know people who do not have a wifi or a broadband connection because as of now in the state only 2g mobile networks work and wifi works but a lot of people do not have access to wifi also so there's a problem with that you cannot attend your classes you cannot you know download important files or documents on 2g uh, network so that's one part of it and then uh, when there is like anything if 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 anything goes wrong if there is some militancy related issue so they completely switch off networks for one or two days and that causes a lot more hindrance to whatever is happening uh, presently so it's been very difficult uh, with the ban and all like we just want internet <laughs> we need to pass our times in the uh, covid period we are sitting at homes idols we can't even netflix and chill in kashmir i mean that's that's so bad we can't do that in jnk okay yeah and you apply for the wifi network uh, because mobile internet doesn't work so there is like a queue a lot a big queue there and you have to wait for months to get a wifi connection also so this is the situation here and it's tough to especially in the covid situation understand but why there is so much of van like why is it so difficult to get a basic 2g connectivity when the world is moving towards 5g 
uh, I think the rationale that, uh, you know, the government has is that uh, a lot of rumors and all these things, they come on Facebook and other social media. So, so basically not to flare up any situation uh, with regards to any rumors that are coming from people inciting violence and things like that. So that's their rationale of not providing a stable uh, internet connection but uh, then I, I, I don't remember like if somebody has to do something they can still do it on 2G networks right they can still post messages on Facebook so that's the government's rational but the actual okay. rational behind it I really do not understand and also Kavreen, when you yeah. mentioned militants right uh, so yeah. how are this impacting regular common people how frequent and how, how, how is the impact on the normal people oh so so I think normal people, like, we've seen it from a very long time. Like, since I was born, everybody... So in Kashmiri households, I think uh, the whole discussion centers around politics and uh, militancy and terrorism. How is it affecting us? How is it not? So uh, there's always been... So first of all, development just, you know, it hampers if there's a militancy-related issue. So I remember my parents keep telling me that, you know, when we were in our college and when we were in school... So there were a lot of movie theaters and cinema halls across Kashmir and we used to go with our friends and hang out and things like that. But uh, growing up, there I have not seen a single uh, cinema hall or a movie hall in Kashmir because all of those got kind of destroyed and completely shut down because of militancy. So there's a part of your social life which is being taken away by militants. Then another is, uh, I remember like you cannot like venture out alone uh, if it like not because of the other issues, but because of this uh, militancy-related issue. Like, you cannot just go into areas which are completely, uh, no, like, not uh, do not have a stable security system. That's another part of it. And then, uh, so I was in a state board school uh, during the first initial years of my education. And I remember in 2008, I was sitting at home for almost one month, two months, because schools were shut down completely because of the situation. So, uh, I think that's another part of it. Your education gets hampered. Offices are closed. They're always a strike. There's curfew. You're not able to get many basic things or household things that you may require. So all these things have really impacted us like uh, from a very long time. And people don't understand it. So, I mean, I just want to add one thing. So you imagine when initially the COVID situation came and people were like, we need a lot of food stuff, you know, we need to keep all of it because you never know things will things might not open and all so people here in our state live with that situation since years now so i mean i remember i've not faced much of a curfew or a strike thing because um, it's more towards the kashmir side and not towards jammu side but then when i was in class 10th there was around two to three months of uh, curfew imposed uh, around because of some uh, land issue um, some amanat land issue and then at that time, uh, there was like, uh, we used to sit in front of televisions at the evening that, okay, what will be the relaxation time? You used, used to get relaxation for one or two hours in the morning. And then you have to go and buy everything in those two hours. So that is how, I mean, it is. And people have been living with the situation since so long that they don't even know what is what is it to live without these, you know, impositions and these bans. Mm, I mean, the freedom part is completely separate. Yes, yes. Like Tavleen said that she only has reference because her parents tell her something that, okay, situation used to be like this, but she has not faced that in, you know, real for herself, basically. 
so you know there's always this thing like my elders and you know our family members keep telling us that uh, you know they they had a very fair like they have a completely different picture of the actual jnk actual kashmir actual jammu that they had seen in their times for us it is completely different because uh, and uh, so so you remember sunidhi when we were in vkr and when there was no internet connectivity there was no phone and how we had to yeah. manage and collect our certificates so <laughs> that yeah. was a challenge so our entire vkr social entrepreneur like social uh, work thing got disrupted because of that and uh, like nobody else had to go through the same situation as we had to undergo so there's this it has affected us in a lot many ways uh, since you were there is asking that uh, non jain people would not know so there are a lot of uh, like words or slang that we use which people uh, from other parts of the country don't relate to so i'll just share a few of them so i don't know uh, tavleen might uh, add later that if she resonates with those or not but a lot of terms like we use moju marna which means that we are having fun and also people don't use that word so there is a word called swa so like if you ask me was the work done today i'll say swa so it's like sarcastic nothing was done today you know so and then there words like chap chad rahi like i'm really getting pissed off and irritated on you and words like this so yeah people should know and we use this a lot i know when i'm in mumbai and all i use yaar moju kar rahi thi man they don't relate to it <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, so we have a very different accent like kashmiri people specifically we have this tendency to mix urdu and kashmiri words so a normal person would say main kapde pehen raha hu but then a kashmiri would say main kapde laga raha hu and then uh, if you want to you know if there are people who want to say that uh, okay so i have chosen this stream i have chosen non medical as a stream let's say so we'll be like tumne kya pakda hai tumne non medical pakda hai ya tumne science pakda hai so all those things and then uh, a few words that we use frequently is uh, pay trat pay tawan so which is like pay trat is basically uh, it, it's not an abusive thing but then yeah we use it a lot of time we're like you know may lightning strike you down Paytavan also is something okay. uh, of that fun thing, and then uh, I think Sunidhi, there's this one word in Dogri, Chalmai. That is what people use. Ah, Chalmai. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, yeah, and one thing that you were asking, so uh, many, like many people, uh, they might not know, but uh, Kashmiri people and like J and K people, there's a most of them have two homes. So one is in Kashmir. one is in jain uh, like jammu because uh, earlier you know, like when darbar move used to happen when the capital used to get shifted so people in winters went to jammu because it's not cold out there and in summers they come back to srinagar so that's another thing that people might not know people have this question for me like a lot to thank you sweet i also have that question <laughs> <laughs> it's really hot these days in jammu how hot it is <laughs> i love it yeah it is i mean it goes around 38 or something like these are summer days june july it's a lot of uh, like that is in south indian standard yeah it's a really hot days just like delhi so our weather in jammu is just like delhi we have extreme uh, winter situation also we have extreme summer situation also okay so, okay yeah. so done with the main question part uh, i'll move to a, a rapid fire part where i'll ask you a question you just need to tell true or false and give a short explanation to that okay and i'll tell okay. names obviously the one as when once i ask the question okay first question your way 
is it true that majority of jnk people feel that their roots are not part of india tavleen um not majority but yeah i think the kashmir region might feel so yeah we we sometimes do feel that true so yeah it's not majority but like tavleen said some people in kashmir feel uh, the same because i think when i traveled to kashmir once and uh, we were doing this horse riding and then the the person who was holding the horse who had the horse he was like i don't feel that i am a part of india and i will always feel like that so it's just an opinion but not majority maybe few of them okay second question indian flags are not sold in jnk come on that's absolutely false like it's we had a different flag when we were a state but then uh, it's not true that they're not indian flags are not sold in uh, jnk of course they celebrate independence day republic day so absolutely false uh, totally totally false <laughs> <laughs> okay okay uh, and uh, finally comment on the part where uh, jnk shares border with china mostly it's ladakh i know little bit of uh, kashmir touches that so how is it right now okay so i'll start uh, so i think uh, i mean when since you mentioned the border part of it so i think our map is somewhat like that only a few areas have been taken by someone a few areas have been taken by someone it's like that but i think when it comes to sharing borders with china uh, things have never been that peaceful i think since the agreement which pakistan and china had over the pok land and then china built the road over it and everything i think it has never been peaceful and recent times when there's a lot of things going on around uh, with the whole country as such with china so i mean this is just my take on it that it's never been peaceful and it's not currently also peaceful okay so tavlin uh, yeah so um, so as so if we talk about uh, jnk in india so there is no direct boundary of kashmir or jammu with that of china it's only in the karakoram mountain ranges in the pakistan occupied kashmir that they share a border with china directly so uh, the whole china thing stand off has really been uh, you know weird because a lot of people do not have clarity about it like i mean we as citizens also do not have clarity about it so yeah but yeah because That's because true. nobody knows what's happening <laughs> i mean it's, it's just that okay something has happened and like there are troops moving in there are troops moving out and uh, there's obviously this uh, thing that china must have you know come inside the territory of ladakh and just uh, you know hadap liya hai unhone kuch region aisa bolte hain but then we don't know if things are true or not but yeah the recent escalation part it's been uh, kafi weird and difficult that's it from and tavlin sunidhi uh, you want to add something else mm, it, it. i think you talked about a lot of things not specific to add i think yeah okay thanks for coming on the show thank you so much tavlin thank you so much sunidhi it's like probably people after listening to this they are i'm sure they'll be enlightened probably they'll show a little bit a caution when they take an opinion next time also about jnk I think it will be very. I will be. I will be. 
Yeah, let's hope for it. And thank you so much for coming. Thank you, thank you, yeah, thank, thank you for so much. Us. We enjoyed talking and telling people yeah. about it. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see the comments how they're gonna come. Oh, by the way, guys, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's Eid, so Eid Mubarak to everybody. Yeah, Eid Mubarak. Eid Mubarak. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank bye-bye. you for having us. Bye. Hello listeners I hope you enjoyed this episode of Indian Entropy If you like the show please do subscribe and follow us on whichever platform you're listening to this podcast in It might be Spotify Apple Podcasts Pocket Casts or any other Once again thanks for listening and tune in